to be honest, it, it scared me because I realized that had I been in the same situation as Brian and started feeling depressed, I probably also would have kept everything quiet because nobody was really talking about it on my campus. I would have thought I was the only one dealing with it. First week of September 2009, it's episode 52 of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by DepressedTeens.com. This is the show that deals with issues facing teens and young adults living with mood disorders such as depression and bipolar disorder. Looking for something to do on campus when you go away to college this year? How about this? Figure out ways to advocate for a better world for people dealing with a mood disorder. Better ways to get treatment, fight against stigma, raise awareness of what it means to live with bipolar disorder or depression? possibilities are endless. That's what we'll be covering on this episode of Flip Switch. Also, we'll be talking to Active Minds founder Alsa Maman. Active Minds is an organization advocating for a dialogue on mental health at over 200 campuses across the nation. It's enlightening to be sure. Flip the switch, and we're here. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection. I am your host, Chris, and with me today is only one host, it's... It's Ryan, what's happening, guys? Hey, people. So, Ryan, what is going on? We're getting ready to start the school. You've already started back, haven't you? Yep, school started this week, you know, just trying to get through classes, got some homework this weekend. That's life. So what we thought we would do because of that is have a somewhat of a back-to-school show today. First, let's, let's go over a few things. We are a subsidiary of DepressedTeens.com, and we have a new website coming up in about two or three months now, and uh, stay tuned for that. But if you want to get a hold of us, leave some comments, or maybe suggest a show, ask a question even, you can get a hold of us at flipswitch at bpkids.org. Or you can go to our blog post page, and we have blogs that all our co-hosts update. So there is Ryan. He updates his blog. And there's me. I update mine. Gopi updates hers. And soon, very soon, some new co-hosts even. So you can access that by going to depressedteens.podbean.com and check that out. Let's talk about what's coming up in the coming weeks. Now, Ryan... As you know, Emily's leaving. I think maybe next week or the week after, we're going to do a show on Emily going away to college. Yep, she's finally, she set it off freshman year. Freshman year. Man, I wonder how she's going to handle it. I wonder what she's learned here. Yeah. She's kind of giddy about that whole. We're doing some of that in that show too, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to test her, see, see if she's learned anything in her time here. Today on our show, we're going to have an interview with Allison Maman, who is the founder of an organization called Active Minds. Active Minds is a national advocacy organization that has chapters on college campuses across the nation. I think they have over 200 now. And they grew from one little organization, a chapter on some college campus five years ago, and now they are huge. So they've really helped a lot of people and they had a lot of interesting ideas I've heard of how they run things on those campuses. So today's show is going to be about what she's talking about, which is advocacy on campuses. Before we get started with that, let's hear from Shira with her Tech Corner Tip. This is Shira with your Tech Corner Tech Tip of the Week. 
Active Minds is a nonprofit that develops and supports student-run mental health awareness, education, and advocacy chapters on college campuses across the country. In less than five years, Active Minds has grown from a single campus chapter to a nonprofit organization on over 100 campuses nationwide and in Canada. To learn more about chapters in your area, open your browser and type in www.activemindsoncampus.org and click the chapters link in the upper right-hand corner of the page. If you're interested in joining their team, internships are also available. To find out more, click the internship link, which can be found on their homepage in the right-hand column. On the site, you'll also find great information on coping, connecting, and mental health geared towards teens and young adults. This has been Shira with your Tech Corner Tech Tip of the Week. See you next week. So Ryan, our topic this week is getting involved in advocacy for mood disorders on campus. What do you think of that? I think it's a really good issue that we need to talk about a little more frequently. Let me start with asking you, how did you get involved with advocacy on your campus? Did you ever maybe go try to get involved with the podcast at any time? I did. I went online and I proactively searched for things. Right. You didn't I, just you know. sit there and wait for it to come to you. Exactly, yeah. Brian had a practical thing he did to try to get involved. Now, he didn't necessarily know how that was going to turn out, but he did something and it worked out in the end. I think more often than not, it's it's going to work out for you if you're looking to do something good, you know what I mean? Right, so. right. The whole point is to keep trying something until it works. If you think, if you're passionate about it, there's nothing stopping you. So let's refocus on what we mean by advocacy. What do you think we mean by advocacy, Ryan? I would say it starts with something you feel deeply about, something that you believe in or feel strongly about in some sort of fashion. It doesn't really matter what it is. And going out there and if either it's you on your own or you get involved in a group or something and you kind of just, you know, put the word out there and expose people to what it is that you find interesting and why you find it interesting and, you right. know, what... You are, what, you are advocating yeah. for people to take note. And especially with mental health, what we really mean is two things. We mean making the world a better place for these people with whatever it is, affliction that you're talking about, to live better lives. For instance, the media betrays people with mental illness in a very negative light. One way of advocating would be to bring that up in places in society can go, you know, maybe the media should be more responsible about that. And then the other side, though, is you're actually changing the world to be better for the world's sake. Because the idea isn't just that people with mood disorders get better. It's that society is better if they are more informed and uh, have better systems to deal with things. Those two things together, I really think, kind of make up the crux of what the point of advocacy is. You're advocating for a better world and for better conditions for individuals. And if you are a person, say, with bipolar disorder, if you're a person with a dealing with depression, you're also making the world a better place for yourself because you are creating a system that has resources. Some of the chapters in Active Minds uh, of Alice and My Mom we'll be talking to later, they have connections to campus counseling centers, connections to psychiatrists, things like that that you can get involved with and kind of have easier access when you have a problem. So I think the issue, though, is how do people do it? And Ryan, you've came up with a novel way that isn't always out there for a lot of people. It's interesting to think about. People could do a podcast on their own campus. Why not? Right, yeah. Don't don't compete with us, though. Yeah, yeah. There's no way they'd ever beat us. We'll take you down. Exactly. 
Nobody can compete with Flip Switch. We got people in high places. That's right. uh, We will take down your organization with an iron fist. CIA type things. We we can't really get into it here. Yes, that's right. It's 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 top secret stuff. (laughs) The CIA is involved somehow. No, but all all joking aside, why not? I mean, with a mic, some friends, you could do a mental health podcast. And especially on campuses, you have access to professors, you have access to the counseling center, stuff like that. Many of them would love to do interesting interviews. In fact, that's where we get some of our people. And that's just one example. I think maybe what we should do is go over some practical ways that people can get involved in advocacy on their campus. Just quick, dirty, practical ways. Now, these aren't all the ways, but these are just, let's just choose five ways that people can do it. Five practical ways to get involved with advocacy on campus. There are a zillion different reasons to get involved with advocacy on a college campus. It helps make the world more manageable for you. It helps the world understand the realities of mood disorders versus the myths. It helps people get connected to resources and on and on and on. But how to actually begin that advocacy is another matter altogether. If you've never done any kind of advocacy before, getting started can be quite confusing. With that in mind, here are five practical ways to get started with advocacy on your campus. Pick one and get to work. Join an already existing organization. On any college campus across this country, there are countless organizations that advocate for a wide variety of causes. And I'm sure you can find one that speaks to you. How do you get involved with these groups, you ask? Well, like all of these ideas for advocating, it takes a proactive approach on your part to seek them out. Most colleges help you out by having organization fairs at the beginning of the year where all the groups on campus meet and you can walk around to find out which one is right for you. You can also do some investigating of your own and contact your campus's Office of Student Life. I'm sure they will have a list for you to browse over and get a little more familiar with a group that interests you. Start your own advocacy group. Some places have more resources than others, and it's a very real possibility that you may find there's simply nothing on your campus that is doing the things that you think need to be done to help the world out when it comes to mood disorders. Well, how about this? You start that organization. Yeah, you. How do you think these things get started anyway? Somebody just finds the courage and puts forth the effort? Yeah, that is how they do it. Somebody finds the courage and puts forth the effort to start the group and others join in. To start a group, look around at other successful groups around the country that are doing what you'd like to do. Copy what you like, leave out what you don't. Be organized and just jump right in. Also, check out the national organizations like Active Minds that have information on how to get chapters started with their guidance. The key is to be brave and be visionary. Get to it. You can also advocate for inclusion. There's a way to be an active advocate without having to join an existing organization or starting your own. It's called advocating for inclusion, and you can take part in it in one of your classes. What this style of advocacy centers on is talking to your professor and asking him or her to take part of the class that they intend to focus on and adding an aspect to it which you feel is important. Take, for example, an art class that has a project focused on one particular artist for each student. You can simply approach your professor and ask if it's possible that the pool of artists that the class chooses from represents artists who have dealt with mental disorders during their lives. By doing this, you have advocated for something in which you believe, and you have exposed a good many people to the reality of mental disorders. Focus a study. 
How do you think all those influential people that are knowledgeable about any subject in the world became knowledgeable in the first place? Somewhere they had to start focusing on it. One thing you can do is focus some of your schoolwork on developing research and information on the topic of advocacy of mood disorders. Now, no, we're not saying change your major to advocacy for mood disorders major. But instead, we mean focus some of your work on that topic when you can. For instance, if you're in an art class and you have to write a paper on a famous artist, perhaps you could write on an artist that struggles with bipolar disorder and what has helped him thrive as an artist. Or, if you're in a literature class, you might want to focus that creative writing assignment on a story about the problems that arise when a society misunderstands the realities associated with any kind of mental illness. After a while, all that work adds up to a better informed, more creative you that becomes more effective, spurring you on to do bigger and better things. And then you'll be that influential, knowledgeable person other people read about. Don't lock yourself into one idea. There are millions of ways to advocate for better understanding and conditions for people with mood disorders. But people all too often become blind to all but one or two possibilities. It is the creativity with you that comes up with new and interesting ways to advocate. Some people hold talks on what bipolar disorder is and is not in a forum. Active Minds, on the other hand, has a stress relief day where they had people play games on their campus to relieve stress, making the stress of being a student a mental health issue front and center. And on and on. If you can think of it, you can make it a reality. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. You be the change. In 2001, a junior at the University of Pennsylvania founded an organization known as Active Minds. That junior created the organization as a response to her college-aged brother's suicide a year earlier, realizing that something had to be done to raise awareness about the issues of mental health on campuses and to fight the stigma that helped her brother suffer in silence. Allison Maman, that very junior, created a small organization on campus that held all manner of events to raise awareness about mental health. Five years later, after incorporating in 2003, Active Minds continues that mission at over 200 campuses across the nation, with Allison Maman still leading the charge. She joins us today. Allison, welcome to Flip Switch. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. So you are the executive director of Active Minds. I am. I started Active Minds uh, about five and a half or six years ago, and I've been its executive director ever since. Tell us a little bit about Active Minds. We are a national organization, actually international. We have a few chapters in Canada and Australia, but we're mostly a national organization that's headquartered in Washington, D.C., with the goal to utilize the student voice to raise mental health awareness on college campuses. So we have our national headquarters here in D.C., but we have student volunteers who are part of chapters on campuses across North America and Australia that work to increase awareness about issues of mental health, increase the dialogue around issues of mental health, really change the conversation about mental health on campus, and help students understand where resources are available for them to seek help and encourage them to seek help as soon as it's needed. How many different colleges are you at right now? 
Right now, as of today, uh, we have 208 chapters. We grow pretty steadily. We're aiming to hit 300 chapters by the end of 2010. Wow. Yeah. uh, It's been a, they say we're about five and a half or six years old. So we've grown from one chapter to 208 in those five and a half years. And we've been fortunate to grow so quickly, really because of the energy and enthusiasm of the students who are running our chapters. We do very little outreach. More than anything, our chapters have been started by students or staff who come to us and say, I found out about this program. I want to do something on my campus. What can I do? So we have the the fortunate role to just help them along and help channel their energy. But they are the incredible enthusiasm that really gets the work going on campus, and they're all volunteers. What made you focus on college age for that? of reasons. Mostly I should say that when I was a freshman in college myself, I lost my brother to suicide and my brother Brian had been a college student who started experiencing mental health difficulties in his freshman year, but didn't seek help for it and didn't really tell anybody what was going on until his senior year. At that point, he took a voluntary leave of absence and came home and began treatment, but for him it was too late and he took his life about a year and a half later. And I was particularly struck by the fact that he had been on campus, very successful student, a 3.8 GPA, president of an acapella group, sports editor of the school newspaper. So the what we all see is the typical successful student, but he was really, really struggling and he hadn't felt comfortable telling anybody what he was going through. And his friends, in retrospect, noticed changes in him. They noticed him acting differently, but they didn't really know what it was about. They didn't really know what to say, and so they didn't say anything at all. And so... After he died, I kind of dove into research and I was trying to figure out why this happened to Brian, why this happened to my family. And what I learned was that it's actually the case that most mental health issues will first present at the high school and the college age. So the fact that Brian first started experiencing his depression and his psychosis in his freshman year in college wasn't all that unique. And to be honest, it it scared me because I realized that had I been in the same situation as Brian and started feeling depressed, I probably also would have kept everything quiet because nobody was really talking about it on my campus. I would have thought I was the only one dealing with it. And so I I was really motivated to at least let my peers on my campus uh, at the University of Pennsylvania know what these issues were about and and know that they're real issues that affect many people and that dealing with a mental health issue doesn't have to be a life sentence and and you can go on and live an extremely successful life even though you've been diagnosed with a mental health disorder and that message never got across to Brian before he died. And so that was really the the main reason that the target audience is really reaching young people before it's, you know, quote unquote, too late, but also capitalizing on their energy. I started telling my story and I found out that so many of my peers were willing to tell their own stories to a level that I think isn't really the case in my parents' generation. There is, I believe, less stigma and silence in the generation who's currently in college and, and my generation a few years out than there is above in the older generation. So I feel like if we can capitalize on that energy and we can capitalize on that willingness to dialogue and we can teach young adults about these illnesses and about the issues, encourage them to seek help, we can also teach a generation that in 10 years is going to be the new kindergarten teacher, the new policymaker, the new school superintendent, the new president, whomever it may be, and really educate and and give them the proper tools to make policy decisions that are more supportive, less punitive, raise families with more support and understanding for mental health, and really change the culture that surrounds mental health that currently exists. We run on our show these high school teen panels and college teen panels where we 
get average views from people. And one thing that we've consistently come back to is just the utter fear people have of revealing any kind of weakness, sure. be it be it mental health issues or any other kind of issue. Absolutely. Um, and that seems to be an issue with stigma. How, what have you found over the years that has been most helpful with stigma? Well, I mean, I think the fact is we all want to belong. I mean, nobody really, especially in the in the high school years, early college years, nobody really wants to stand out all that much. You just want to fit in. And we feel like if there's a weakness, we're not fitting into our peers. And, you know, I, I, I learned firsthand from, from my brother's experience and then the experience of the students with whom I've worked since that when you fit in or you, or you feel like you know who you are and then all of a sudden things seem to be changing. And for Brian, you used the word weakness. It was exactly what he felt. He felt like he was being weak. He felt like it was like he should be able to pull himself out of it because he felt like he was the only person dealing with this on his campus. And what he didn't know was all the statistics that say that nearly half of students report feeling so depressed or having felt so depressed in the past year, they felt it was difficult to function. Over 10% of students have suicidal thoughts in any given year. So these issues are real and they're really prevalent. But I strongly believe that it's, it's silence that leads to, you know, what we term stigma and, and leads to people feeling as though they're being weak and feeling as though they're the only one. And if we can get people to tell their stories, be upfront about what they've experienced or what they've seen in their family and friends, they, they'll learn and you know, learn that there are other people with, with very similar stories. And when you start connecting with each other over similar stories, you realize that this world isn't as as scary as it's made out to be, and, and you're really not weak if you're going through these issues. You, you're dealing with issues just like anybody else may be. So I would be the first person to tell you it's a scary thing to talk about, and it's not many families that will talk openly about losing a family member to suicide, but I do so because I love Brian, I want to honor his life, and I know that we're not the only ones that have gone through this, and I yearn to, to meet other people who have experienced mental health difficulties and have lost loved ones to suicide, and I and I would hope that anybody who is confronting these issues feels comfortable telling their stories so that it can meet other people who have similar stories. And it does seem that people, with your growth, it does seem that uh, that is exactly what's occurring. We'll be back with more of our interview with Alison Maman in a moment. Sometimes it feels like you're in a box. It's painful. I felt like that the world is against you. My family was like impatient with me because nobody understood why I was feeling the way I did. Just let my emotions be rampant in my mind. Get really depressed and then I get happy for like an hour. Children, just like adults, suffer from mood disorders. Day for Night, Recognizing Teenage Depression is a DVD offering an in-depth look at the signs, symptoms, and treatment of teenage depression. The film features the true stories of teenagers and their struggles with clinical depression and bipolar disorder. I would get really mad, like I'd have a really bad temper. As well as keen insights from mental health professionals. We really view it as a medical illness. There really is a biological basis to this disorder. It is such a treatable condition. Get informed about depression and bipolar disorder in teens. Order Day for Night today. Pick up a copy of Day for Night, Recognizing Teenage Depression, online at www.depressedteens.com. Let's get back to our interview with Alison Maman. Why do you think Active Minds has been so successful and grown so fast? 
you know, I love to say it's because we've got everything figured out here, <laughs> which we don't, and we're figuring it out every day. But I, I truly believe it's because of the need. It's because there are so many young people out there who are experiencing issues or have seen friends or family members who just care about mental health, and they realize that these issues affect so many people they want to do something about it. So, I mean, as I said at the top, it, it, it's the, the energy of the students, the dedication of the students, um, and really the need of addressing these issues and really getting a dialogue going. Our chapters have been really fortunate, and we as an organization have been fortunate to also have partners in the counseling centers, the directors of counseling centers on college campuses, the counseling center staff, other health education staff have been extremely supportive of Active Minds chapters and other student groups and student activity on campus, and so that's helped both the beginning of a chapter as well as the transition of chapters from year to year. So it's been the combination of the need and the desire and the energy of the students with the support of the administration and the staff to really show that mental health issues are, are real public health concerns on campus and that we can't graduate a student without making sure that, that student is ready for the world and, and is feeling mentally well. You know, my brother who had a 3.8 GPA he wasn't able to graduate because it wasn't his GPA that was going to get him to succeed. And I truly believe that our growth has been so much a result of just that need and that desire. And we here at the national organization do all we can to help support our chapters and to support the growth of our chapters and the incredible work of our small staff to um, help chapters get through the process of starting student groups on campus, planning the best programming on campus, as well as rolling out some of the national programs that we have here connecting the chapters and the people who want to start chapters with each other over listservs and discussion boards and really means that, that resonate with students. But it all boils down to the energy the, and the effectiveness and the creativity of our student leaders. What might be some of the activities of a typical chapter of Active Minds? It varies from chapter to chapter, and, and we do that purposefully and I, because every university, every campus is a little bit different. But we have a couple of national programs that we've rolled out from here that many of our chapters participate in. One is called National Day Without Stigma, and it occurs on the Monday of Mental Health Awareness Week or Mental Illness Awareness Week in October of every year. And during that day, the goal is, as, as the, uh, the term implies, to have one day where we're really just stamping out stigma. So events during National Day Without Stigma include something called Counselors Out of the Center, where our Activize chapter will work with the Counseling Center staff and physically have the Counseling Center staff come out of the Counseling Center and set up a table in the student union or on the main walk of campus, wherever is the most accessible place for students, and hand out bagels and coffee and donuts and lunch during lunchtime to show students that mental health counselors are not the scary people that we see in, in movies and we expect they're real people who are really concerned about students and really want to help. Another event during National Day Without Stigma is a panel discussion around mental health in the media and discussing how does the media treat mental health and how can we maybe help media portray mental health in a, in a more positive light. Another annual event that we have and we've co-sponsored is National Stress Out Day, and that occurs in April of every year. And again, nearly half of our chapters participate in National Stress Out Day. We've co-sponsored it um, with the Anxiety Disorders Association of America and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And the goal of National Stress Out Day is to teach students about anxiety disorders 
as well as basic stress relief activities to ease the distress of final exams and the end of the school year and for many students the end of their time on college and the transition to the real world. So during National Stress Out Day, there's a program called Oasis in the library where our chapter will work with the library staff and actually get a room within the library where they set up board games and have healthy snacks. And uh, it's just a place where students can come and sit for two minutes, sit for two hours while they're studying and they're writing their papers to just relax and get away. Another event that's really popular during National Stress Out Day is Recess on the Quad, where literally our chapters will set up recess, as it looked like when we were in elementary school, and playing Red Rover games and dodgeball and cucumbers on eyelids and, again, very basic stress relief activities. Alongside all of the activities are tables of materials from Counseling Center, from Active Minds, from ADAA and NSPL and other national organizations to teach students about serious anxiety disorders and other stress relief activities. So those are two of the, the national days that many of our chapters participate in. Many will also hold movie screenings during the course of the year, and the movies range from A Beautiful Mind, Garden State, Prozac Nation, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Tend, again, they tend to be more pop culture type of movies so that people other than just psychology majors will want to come. And so you come and you see a screening of Garden State, for instance, outside on the quad, and then there's a speaker about it afterwards uh, and talking about the mental health message that was in the movie. Many of our chapters will hold panel discussions during the course of the year, ranging from how to help a friend to one of our chapters held a panel discussion simply entitled Bipolar Disorder on our campus. And they had 300 people show up to this panel. And on every panel, there is somebody from the counseling center, there's somebody from the psychology department, a local clinician, and there's always at least one student telling his or her story so that students can really hear what it's like to be a student on campus living with bipolar disorder or whatever it may be. And then again, it really ranges based on the needs of the campus as to the events that they hold. And, and we give flexibility to our chapters to plan the events that are going to be most effective on our campus. And all we ask is that they give us reports as to what they're doing and that, of course, everything that they do is in line with the, the overall mission of Active Minds, which is to change the conversation about mental health and really provide the resources needed so that students seek support when they need it. How would somebody get in touch with their local Active Minds chapter or if they wanted to start their own, how would they go about that? Sure. The best way to find out more about our organization and our chapters, where chapters are, if there's a chapter near you or how to start one, is to go onto our website. And the website is www.activeminds.org. And on there, you can find the complete list of chapters up to the minute. And if there isn't a link on there to the individual chapters website, then you can contact us and all of our email addresses are online. We have chapter coordinators who are the 24-7 resources about chapters. And so you could email chapters at activeminds.org to get the information about the person or people who are in charge of your local campus chapter. You can also go through your school's portal to see if the chapter is registered as a student group and find resources that way. But I would love for everybody to come visit our website, explore. We have different information about different chapters, resources available to chapters, different events that are happening here at the national headquarters, as well as our national days here, all the fun stuff. Um, we'd love for people to come and, and, and take a look at our website. Allison, thank you so much. No problem. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate you talking to me today. So Ryan, what did you think about Allison Maman? First, I was just I was struck by her own personal story about how her brother committed suicide, and 
how it was a result of, you know, the stigma and lack of knowledge that's out there about mental disorders and mood disorders, specifically in her case, depression. And it was touching. But, I mean, her organization is just is taken off tremendously, and I've, that's awesome. I was struck by how much there is to do in the chapter specifically. Like, they didn't have one thing they only did. Some of them did campus events where they would have stress relief things or they would have movie night where they watch famous movies. They would have events where they had a panel of people talking about bipolar disorder and they'd have a person on that panel. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do. And I think that's what we talked about earlier is advocacy is very diverse. You can do a number of things and it's still advocacy as long as you're raising awareness. Right. And sometimes I think you think of advocacy as being this dry, like I got to push against the man kind of idea where you're, you feel like you're getting pushed down. But in reality, I mean, a lot. Who's the man? The Am man. I the man? I'm the man. No, you're I guess the man. You're, something like you're that. The but, man. <laughs> but seriously, you know, you, you envision a lot of protesting and whatnot. But in reality, it's simple, fun things to do. And half the time, it's it you know it doesn't even take that much time out of your day. So that part I would not be so sure about because running any organization takes a lot of time. I really think it's it depends on your values. It is it depends on your values. If you are passionate about this, then you can go out, you can start an organization, and you can get help. Do not just take it all on and say I'm everything. But at the same time, don't just sit on the sidelines and say, well. I don't have any energy. I can't do anything. No, you can. There's little ways to do it at any point. Yeah, and I think something that I found is when I came here to CABF and I started doing this podcast and then some of the other things that I do, at first it's scary. It's, you know, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You don't know what responsibilities and what amount of, you know, the tasks you're taking on, but it becomes fun. You know what I mean? And you look forward to, you know, getting in here and diving into stuff that, you find important and you believe in and it gives you energy. So on top right. of that. I think the issue is if you're passionate about it, if you kind of want to make the effort, things follow from that. Not that it'll be easy, but when I was an undergraduate, I was involved in an organization where we would have all these events. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of those events took a lot of work to do. But when we would finally pull them off, they were fun. But anything worth doing is going to take a little effort. But it's worth it. And I guess it, in the end, it looks better on a resume than, than yeah, I went out and partied every day of my college experience. I don't think they really look upon that well in the Fortune 500 companies. So I guess we'll leave you with this. Get involved. Don't be afraid. Do something. And of yeah, course, definitely. it's definitely worth it. So. I, I think we should begin and end every show with our mantra, which is take control of your own health. Advocacy is just one more way to take control of your health. Get out there. That's it for this week. We'd like to thank Allison Maman for taking time out of her busy schedule to talk with us. Remember to go to activeminds.org online to get in touch with what's going on in your campus. We'd also like to thank Shira for her tech tip of the week about Active Minds. Next week will be a sad week as Emily will be leaving us to go to her own new campus to experience college. We'll test her to see what she's learned before we let her go, though. Remember, you can get a hold of us at flipswitch at bpkids.org or leave us a comment on the blog at depressedteens.podbean.com and, of course, Depressed Teens on Skype. Flip the switch and we're gone.